Revelation chapter 22, and I'd like to look at verse 14 and 15. In particular, if we have time, we'll move into verse 16. But I need to go back just a moment in verse 14. We looked at that some time ago as uh, we were going through the book of Revelation. And according to my count, I've missed three Wednesday nights. Two in St. Croix and one in West Virginia. So we've had to push our expected end date ahead. <laughs> Verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they might have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Now it's interesting I was doing some study on this verse, and I just happened to open up my Greek in a linear and found out that this verse in there is translated completely different. So I did a little work in trying to figure out what's going on, and most of the earlier translations or earlier manuscripts uh, to the Greek Bible had this translated this way. Now, neither one of them are going to tell us that we're going to enter the city by doing our works but the second way and most of the translations besides the king james translated this way in fact uh a.t robertson who did a masterful work on the study of the greek language also translated it this way blessed are they that wash their robes now that's a big difference <laughs> Blessed are they that do his commandments. And I talked to Marvin about this, and in his margin, it had been translated, blessed are they who wash their robes. And some of them, blessed are they who wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Now that really takes us back to an earlier verse of Scripture here in the book of Revelation, where blessed are those, they came through great tribulation and washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. So it just fits with that verse of Scripture. And uh, another uh, translation, how blessed are those who wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. So I'm more inclined, uh, because of those that have spent a lot more time on this than I have, and have uh, a much greater understanding of the Greek language, I'm more inclined to go to that direction than blessed are they that do his commandments, because that sure can be, be misleading at times. But um, those who wash their robes, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14, if you, <coughs> excuse me, if you'll look at that with me for just a moment, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14, uh, Mr. Robertson, as he talked about this, they that wash uh, their robes, he went right back to this verse of scripture, and it was, it's, uh, would certainly lend itself for us doing the same. And uh, I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, when we went over this, most uh, people today interpret that great tribulation as a thing uh, that uh, the tribulation is between the 69th and 70th week, or the 70th week becomes the great tribulation. This has nothing to do with that. This has, I believe, as we compared it with other scriptures, what God takes his people through when he regenerates them. He strips them of their religion. He strips them of their righteousness. He strips them of their, their ideas. He strips them of their view of God. He strips them of their view of sin. He strips us 
when he regenerates us. He takes away all the old and gives us the new. He takes us uh, uh, away from our idols and gives us God. He takes us away our own created peace and gives us real peace. He gives, takes us away our interpretation of the word and gives us Christ as the interpretation of the word. So that is really a tribulation that he takes us through when he takes us from our old dead self to new life. You, you may not be able to ask a baby if they went through tribulation when they were born, but the mama knows it and the doctor knows it, and many times what happened to them knows it. <laughs> Uh, it, it's just a tribulating period of time. So he takes us through great tribulation, and at the same time, we are given the opportunity, the privilege, the blessing of washing our robes. That's, he gives us the robe of righteousness. Christ's righteousness now becomes ours. And those that are washed in this blood may enter in through the gates into the city. So he's just saying that these that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, these are those who enter into the city. These are those that Christ has redeemed. These are those that have their robes clean. So I'm going to go from here on out. When I teach this, I'm going to go to they wash their robes. It just has such a, it's a clear tone. When I went through there and about the commandments, there was just, just something that... It, it kind of made me resist even looking at it, but there's also that verse of scripture that we went over with regard to uh, uh, the command, what is the work of God? Believe on him whom he has sent. That's the work of God. All right. Now, in verse 15, the Lord shares with us another way. He shows us another way, another contrast between believers and unbelievers. There are those who are in the city, and there are those who are out of the city. There are those who are in Christ, there are those who are out of Christ. There are those who have been redeemed by the blood, there are those who have not been redeemed by the blood. He compares the two here, and the ones that are in the city, they are bright, they're shining, they have clean robes, they have uh, access to the tree of life, they have all the rich blessings that are in Christ. And then in verse 15 we read these words, and without, outside of the city, outside of Christ, outside of belief in Christ, outside of, uh, well, just uh, outside, unbelievers are excluded because of their unchanged heart. Now, I've heard preachers, I think Brother Rupert has shared one time, that people without Christ in heaven would not be happy. They would not be happy. They would not be settled. Only those that are in Christ would be pleased to be in his eternal, everlasting presence without discussion. Would love to have that. So unbelievers are excluded because of their unchanged heart. And here we have just again a whole section on about what it is to be in the church, what it is to be in the city, what it is to have access to the city and all the blessings that go with it. And then conversely, without the city, are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. What is he saying? Outside are unbelievers. They do not have a changed heart. They have never had God work on their heart. 
And the Lord shared with us through his ministry a number of times about what it was going to be like in the city and out of the city. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew chapter 7. He uses this terminology about sheep. He says sheep. And then he uses the term wolves. Sheep, they're just a statement made about the Lord, about his people. There are his, the sheep of his pasture. There are those he leads. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. He uses that illustration of a shepherd and his sheep. And then he, at times, and we'll look at that, one time he says, there's my sheep and there are the goats. Here it shares with us in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15, the comparison, or I should say the the uh, contrast between the believers and the unbelievers. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. How do you know the difference between a false prophet coming in sheep's clothing? As soon as they open their mouth, <laughs> one goes, bah. And the other one can't mimic that. One goes grace and grace alone. And the other one cannot mimic that. One of them, you know, that account over there in the Old Testament, they knew that some were not part of the whole, the, the whole because they could not pronounce a word. And you just can't get wolves to pronounce grace and free grace alone. It's not part of their vocabulary. So once they open their mouth, now they may appear. If they just keep their mouth shut, we may not know the difference. But when they open their mouth, they soon share with us that they have no part in this. Now, the apostle uh, Paul, or was it Peter, had a, a man. He followed along, went through all the, he was baptized. He said, made a profession of faith, baptized, followed along. And finally he said, I will pay you so much if you'll let me have the same gift. And the preacher said, I perceive you're in the bond of iniquity. You open your mouth. You're a wolf. You come in sheep's clothing, but you are a wolf. The contrast between them, they can appear. They look like, that's what they dress like. But as soon as they open their mouth, I was in the Pittsburgh airport and they have great big, TV monitors down there in the airports anymore, and you watch the news. Well, someone had put it on Benny Hinn. <laughs> that guy is a nut. I just had to leave the area. I can't stand to listen to that kind of stuff about my God. He looked, but oh, as soon as he opened his mouth, all he could find was the need to send in money. And I just, I found another place. I wish I'd have found the switch. I'd have rather listened to the news <laughs> than that stuff. Well, sheep and wolves uh, in uh, uh, wolves and sheep's clothing, as it tells us here, beware of false prophets which come in to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Their heart is not in it. They do not have a changed heart. They're not regenerated. They're without. They want to pretend they're in, but they're without. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16. Uh, the, this word, uh, going back to just a moment, 
Ravenous stresses uh, their greed and cruelty. That's what that word ravenous means. And it's related to the verb to snatch or to seize. They are ready to... They're, they're not in it for good. They're in it for evil. That's those... All right. Matthew 10, 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. The Lord left his people here. He left his people in this world. He left his people among the world. That is one more reason for the value of a local body of believers where we can assemble together, where we get away from that for just a moment, where we can visit with people that have an idea about who God is and what God does. And then... We're sent as sheep among wolves again. Now, by God's wonderful grace, once in a while, those people that appear to be wolves are just really lost sheep, and they have every outward characteristic of wolves. They don't talk good about God until God gives them a heart. They don't love God until God gives them a heart. And so it's incumbent upon us to be minded about this that's where we once were now they're never they're never wolves they're just lost sheep you can't make a wolf into a sheep it doesn't matter about putting the clothing on them or putting the garment on them or putting the wool on them you just can't change the voice can't change the heart we can't do that but god can so it's no good to have a whole bunch of robes sheep robes over here to put on people god's got to take care of that from the inside Sheep in the midst of wolves, a contrast. Sheep, they need a master. They need a shepherd. Wolves, they've got their alpha wolf, but sheep need shepherds. Uh, Look at Matthew 25, if you would. Matthew chapter 25. Here again is is the comparison, the contrast, I should say, the contrast between who those who are in the city and those who are out of the city. Those out of the city, there's not one of those that we'd want to go visit or we'd want our children to visit. There's some pretty serious people there. There, There's nothing, liars and thieves and people who live unclean lives. And we'd just as soon keep our kids away from people like that. The Lord wanted us to have a contrast there. All right, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 32, it says here, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate the one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. There's the contrast. When a baby sheep and a baby goat are born, it's hard to tell the difference. But as they grow, you can see the difference. You see the difference in their voice. You see the difference in their structure. You see the difference in their appearance. You see the difference in their attitude. You see the difference. Goats very seldom need the shepherd like the sheep do. Now, there are goat shepherds. I remember uh, Brother Milton Howard mentioning about taking his father down into Mexico, and his dad said, look at that. There's a whole bunch of sheep running with a whole bunch of goats. And Milton says, look again. He says, what are you talking about? He says, there's a shepherd with a bag full of rocks chucking them at the sheep or at the goats, trying to keep them going, and the sheep are following him. That's what it is. Chucking rocks at him to keep them going. Now, 
They make good goat stew, I guess. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> anyway, the sheep from the goats. There's a compare or a contrast here that the Lord wanted us to know. Just as much as there's a contrast between those who are in the city and what they have and what they enjoy. No need of light. No need of a temple. No, all of those things are taken care of. We have no need spiritual needs there all are taken care of we're completely made whole in christ on the outside now that doesn't mean that heaven is going to have all these things outside he's just saying in the church is this outside of the church is this in the church are god's people outside of the church are unbelievers who do not have a changed heart and this is what they appear to be like and none of it is decent or good i think the least of it all is a liar we deal with that all the time, but the rest of those sorcerers. And I've had people say, well, that's what this means. That just means they're just sinners without a changed heart. In the city is sinners with a changed heart. Outsiders are sinners without God. Insiders sinners with God. God makes all the difference. In uh, John 10, look at John 10 with me. John 10 and verse 8. As we see the contrast here again that uh, the Lord Jesus shares with us. They're, they're just, uh, uh, he was assaulted with religious thieves and robbers. John 10, verse 8, the scriptures say, All that ever come before me. Now I thought about that. What does that mean? All that ever come before me. The only ones that ever voluntarily ever come to Christ are thieves and robbers. The rest of them have to be drawn. They don't want to come. Thieves and robbers. I want in, Lord. I want in. By my works, I want in. By my works, I want in. And all the sheep, he has to create a new heart in them. They won't come. They stand off. I don't want to be around that. But thieves, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Thieves and robbers want to climb up another way. They're the ones, they're the exceptions. Christ said, you must be born again. Thieves and robbers are the exceptions. I don't have to go that way. I can go my way. It's my righteousness that is good. So he divides the sheep from the goats. And then he tells us all that ever come. The sheep, what's it say about the sheep? He says, but the sheep did not hear them. And in verse uh, uh, John 10, 24, look there with me. John 10, 24, it says here, John 10, 24, Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. <coughs> Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not. Now, those are the outsides. Those are the ones on the outside. Ye believe not. We've mentioned this a number of times. What do you have to not believe to be an unbeliever? It doesn't take much. God's people are going to take God's word like that. They will not question it as God's word. They may say, I don't understand it. Had a wonderful conversation with, with Marvin over this, just discussing this and laying it out. We, we will say and readily admit, and every preacher I know that preaches grace will say, I just don't understand about 99.9%. .9%. I just don't understand it. 
But that doesn't mean I don't believe it. I believe it. God said it. I believe it. And whether I believe it or not, God still said it. But my sheep hear my voice. God, when he opens his word, when he opens his mouth, so to say, God's people say, that is right. That is true. And those without don't believe it, won't believe it, couldn't believe it, and they are always fussing about it, and they're always the ones that want to go another way. They want another plan. They want plan B. They want their way in this, their works, their righteousness. He goes on to tell us here in John 10, 24, it says, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Why did he go into this long statement about that? Because these guys did not believe it. These Pharisees did not believe it. They did not believe in eternal security. They did not believe that God could hang on to them like that. And it's been distransferred down through religion today. Why in the world do we have a whole group of religious group of people that says that God is not powerful enough to keep them. You believe not my word. He said he's able. The church said, yes, he's able and thank God for it. And the religious world says, no, he's not. All that ever came to me were thieves and robbers and wanted to come in some other way. The contrast, the church, bright, shining, glorious because of Christ. Outside is darkness. And it's a serious darkness. Not only is it dark, but there's traps out there. There's, there's quicksand out there. There's pits out there. It's not safe to be out there. And as we look at that, go in, would you turn with me to the, back to the book of Jeremiah? Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. The Lord shares with us some things about his prophets and... Uh, If there's an army approaching and the prophet says, peace and safety, don't believe it. <laughs> and that's what they were doing. The armies were, to, were piling up out there and he says, don't worry about it. It's okay. And God, well, listen to this. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 13. Then shalt thou say unto them, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will... Fill all the imaginations, uh, excuse me, all the inhabitants of this land, even the kings that sit upon David's throne, and the priests and the prophets and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with drunkenness. And I'll dash them one against another, even the fathers and the sons together. Saith the Lord, I will not pity nor spare nor have mercy, but destroy them. Excuse me, I'm in 13. I want to go to 23. Sorry about that. Jeremiah 23, verse 13. And I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied in Baal and caused my people to err. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. 
They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of the evildoers. Now, whether they were doing physical adultery or not, spiritual adultery is terrible. Worshiping Baal instead of God. Following after idols instead of God. His priests were doing that and leading the people astray. That was the crime that Balaam did. He got the people to worship dumb idols. And if you can get people to worship dumb idols, you're dealing with a people that don't have a changed heart. It is impossible for God's people to bow for a long period of time. Someone may come in and say, I got a new idea. But boy, after a while, it's going to be, that is not right. That just does not ring true. And back they come. But to take them off for that period of time, all right, it goes on to tell us here, uh, I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers, that none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom, and inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Come, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall, for from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak in a vision of their own <coughs> excuse me, own heart. It's not out of the mouth of the Lord. They say still unto them that despise me. The Lord hath said, ye shall have peace. And they say unto every one that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, No evil shall come unto you. For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived the heart of his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind, and it shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked." The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, ye shall consider it perfectly. So the Lord said here with regard to those prophets, they've just led my people astray, but my people will not hear it. They have a heart that is different than this. There's just a clear sound. The other day, I I was in a... In a uh, carpet store and a fella come in and he wanted to sell a silver dollar and he offered it to a fellow there and the guy says no nah, i don't think so so i stepped up and they said do you, do you mind if i take a look at your silver dollar and he says no and uh, he says i've been told not to take 20 less than 20 dollars for it i says i've got 16 dollars in my pocket he said that's enough <laughs> There's one thing about those old silver dollars. I mean, they're big and they're silver and they really have a clear tone. You can hit them with another coin and you just hear that. It's so clear. Now those Ike dollars, they're still a dollar, but clunk. That brass and copper and all that stuff, oh, it just, it doesn't sound appealing. But that silver, it's such a clear clear ring if you haven't tried it for a while i'll bring my silver dollar and you can try it 
That's the way the gospel is. It has such a clear ring to it. And all those prophets with all of their nonsense and, and their clad coins, and they, it looked like real coins, but when you hear it, it just is mush. It doesn't sound right. And that's really the truth about it. If it doesn't sound right to God's people, it probably isn't right. There's something wrong here. There's been something added to it or something taken away from it. They've limited God or they've made him do things that he wouldn't do. Don't tell me about a God that wants to do something and can't. Boy, once that happens, that, that's clunk, clunk. That's just clunk. But a God that does whatsoever he pleases, now that's a clear God's people just love to hear that. All right, and over in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 2. Now, since then, I found out that that coin is worth more than $16. And I've hunted for that guy all over town trying to pay him the rest of it. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Did you notice that dogs is one in the list in that verse 15 in Revelation 22? Now listen to this. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. And that word concision means mutilation. Beware of those who mutilate the word. Beware. For we are of the circumcision, circumcision of the heart. They're of the mutilation. We are of the work that God has performed in the heart. They are the ones that are always working the, the concision, the mutilation. We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Big difference. That's a contrast. Dogs, evil workers, and mutilation contrasted with circumcision Worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. That's the difference between verses 14 and 15. That's the difference between that whole section on the church and that one verse put in there about what's outside. They are evil workers. They are dogs. They are. Now, that word dog doesn't have a very good connotation. It's not the puppy dog. It means a male prostitute. It means those who destroy the word of God. And usually it's men. Destroy the word of God. Destroy God's word. Mutilate the word of God. And finally, 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2.
I'll never forget Brother Rupert saying there's a whole lot more sinning goes on Sunday morning than Saturday night. People who have, they, they, uh, they have a false idea about God and try to pro pronounce that on everybody. Second Peter chapter 2, verses uh, 1, 2, and 3. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable, that's a serious word, not just heresies, but damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and brought, bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their own pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. The way of truth, evil spoken of. Well, you just mentioned the sovereignty of God, and it's evil spoken of. Salvation by grace, that's evil spoken of. Salvation by grace alone, without any works, that's evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with fiend works make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. The contrast. The contrast between inside and outside. The contrast between in Christ and out of Christ. The contrast between those that believed and those who did not believe. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a love lie. Man, that's, that's without. And then verse 16, and we're not going there, but I'd just like to read it. Red words, Jesus' words. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. That angel is John, his messenger. In the churches, the seven churches of Asia, plus all the other churches that ever got to read this letter. I am the root. I am David's creator and offspring. I'm also David's child. I'm his creator and his child and the bright and morning star. Six verses to go.